1: Elon Musk and The Boring Company, which still sounds like the worst dad rock cover band of all time, keeps whipping out new Vegas loop stations as part of their ambitious underground tunnel transport. If everything goes according to plan, there will be 69 stops in total, including strip hotels, the airport, and even UNLV. But is all this progress any progress at all for Las Vegas's transportation needs? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we revisit an episode with influential traffic plan engineer Ray Delahanty. Ray tells us all about the limitations of a car-by-car system like the Vegas Loop and breaks down whether it lives up to the hype and how the city may just be feeding one big white elephant. It's Monday, July 17th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Ray Delahanty, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Glad to be back, David. Okay, so let's just jump right into it. The Las Vegas loop, is it a solution to some of our public transit issues? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think it is. It's just, it's far too
0: low capacity of a solution and really too high of a cost until you can get to the point where maybe you can have driverless cars in the tunnels that might make it a bit more viable. The biggest driver of costs for a transit agency is the salary and the benefits for the drivers, right? If you've got a bus that carries 40 people, you're spreading that cost across potentially 40 passengers. What they're doing with the Vegas Loop is, you know, they usually only have one passenger in a vehicle. They might have three, but there's still one driver. And so you've got this enormous... Fixed cost with the, the drivers for, for each of these vehicles. It's a very specific use case with a convention center. And when I compare it to, it's the same sort of geography as an airport terminal, where if you have a big airport, like you know, the Harry Reid airport, what you typically have between concourses is, is a tram system. It's a driverless tram. So you don't have, you don't have the fixed costs of the driver's salary and benefits but you also have a vehicle that you can roll luggage onto and you can carry things onto easily. People who have mobility issues can still use those, but it's a lot more difficult with with these single vehicles. It's a lot more cumbersome to try to load cargo into them if you have any kind of cargo. It's a lot more difficult for people with mobility issues. And so that's really what these cities need to be looking at and thinking about when they consider... You know, having a transit system that consists of tunnels underground that just have essentially taxis in them.
1: Yeah. Well, what's something good about that Vegas Loop project as it exists right now?
0: Um, I think the lights are really pretty. It's got really nice light. Pretty lights. Okay, Ray, good I got gotcha. yeah. you.
1: You're screaming that you're unimpressed by going with pretty lights as your top example of good, my man.
0: Well, okay. So I'm somebody who actually enjoys taking public transit. You know, I ride the bus. If I'm in a city that has a subway, I actually enjoy riding the subway. You know, the people who built the loop system are the type of people who don't really like taking public transit. They'd rather be in their own car or in a taxi or in a ride hail of some sort. And so if you're the type of person who doesn't like rubbing shoulders with the masses in some sort of larger vehicle. (laughs) Sweaty,
1: dirty, hoi polloi. (laughs)
0: Sure. then, Then something like the loop is probably a little bit more palatable to you, but it's not really a sustainable, scalable solution to large transportation problems.
1: Well, let's look at the other issue besides the transit congestion above ground, and that's the Vegas heat, right? We we drive around up there on, on, on the surface streets, they get really hot, they heat up our city. Shouldn't we be focused on maybe getting roads underground, maybe all roads underground at some point? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a
0: call for An underground transit solution. I think some sort of subway or higher capacity transit vehicle makes a lot of sense running up and down the strip. But, you know, one other idea for the tunnels that they're excavating for the Vegas Loop, you know, you could turn those into bicycle or scooter tunnels or something like that. It would be nice to have like a little air conditioned bike ride from, you know, one of the resorts to the convention center or, one of the other resorts, sure.
1: Do you you think that there would be room in this new underground infrastructure of tunnels to add those kind of things? Or that if, I don't know, if Tesla or Boring fails somehow, that we could use that underground infrastructure that's already there for something more transit-friendly or public transit-friendly or bike and walker-friendly?
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole idea behind the Boring Company is that the tunnels are very minimal. They're really only big enough to carry the vehicles that are manufactured by another subsidiary, right? So you can't fit in like a bike lane next to where where the cars drive in one of these tunnels. So it would be a situation where if, you know, one of these companies goes under, then, you know, the city and the county could be left with a major white elephant, right? Mm. and then you have to figure out some way to repurpose it or just close them entirely so the city the city of Las Vegas and and Clark County might want to think at some point what's plan b if you know the boring company or tesla pulls out of the entire operation
1: yeah and and i think a lot of people who are focusing on the uh oh concepts that are associated with this whole thing, and Tesla's in particular, that's on their mind. What what things are on your mind, Ray, as far as the, the things that could potentially go wrong, or that maybe the uh, city of Las Vegas and Clark County and their desire to fulfill hype dreams, because that's what we're built on, are maybe overlooking?
0: I'm just concerned about the white elephant factor, really, because what What's being proposed and what's being built is a closed system. There were earlier iterations of this boring company idea where the tunnels actually interfaced with the local traffic system. You know, the the cars got into an elevator and they descended down into a tunnel system. And then they landed on some sort of skate thing that carried them through the tunnels. But as it is now, it's a completely closed system. And so if it does become a white elephant, then you're stuck with something that doesn't even interface with local streets or arterials. And then what are you really left with at that point? It doesn't have much utility. And they can't be repurposed for like larger transit vehicles or emergency or anything larger than like a typical sedan or a coupe, right?
1: Why is it that they can't be repurposed?
0: Right. The boring company came up with this very specific type of boring machine The big driver of costs in tunneling is the boring itself, right? And that's driven by the diameter of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. If it's 30 feet instead of 20 feet, it doesn't cost one third more to build. It costs quite a bit more to build because you're dealing with a whole circumference and a whole lot more complexity. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea is to make the bore as small of a diameter as you possibly can. And so... What they're building can only really be appropriate for smaller vehicles
1: now the city well specifically las vegas convention and the visitors authority and and a lot of local officials are are very hyped on the vegas loop they said look it actually happened they're throwing out numbers of capacity that Seem pretty big. I read a story from June of 2022 in the Las Vegas Review Journal. It said that they had already pushed 700,000 people through that. Uh, I've heard claims that they might get speeds up to 140 miles an hour or something, although right now it seems like it's more around 40 or so miles per hour. Is there a potential that those numbers are right and that the elected officials are having good cause for celebration? I think... Yeah,
0: this thing has been through so many iterations. When the guy who runs the boring company first came up with the idea, it was going to be like 130 mile per hour, kind of frictionless Hyperloop type technology. And they couldn't make that work. And then it was going to be like 50 or 60 mile per hour with cars on these skate type of things that had side wheels, like a roller coaster that guided themselves against the walls of the tunnel that didn't work either because the ride was far too rough they couldn't make the tunnel smooth enough to work and you know at a certain point mr musk said well it's just gonna be teslas and tunnels at this point point." and so that's what it is so if we've got elected officials who still think they're gonna run at 130 miles an hour Um, With these very high capacity numbers, I think that ship sailed a long time ago.
1: Yeah, but they are, you know, saying that they're, I guess, documented. I don't know how the auditing works. I I tried to find that. I I don't know how auditing works at all with a private company, but, you know, you still do have, Ray, a, a full tunnel once built that goes from the airport to the stadium to downtown Las Vegas with that full loop. That sounds like it's right up your alley. Getting all those sort of transport issues off of the boulevard, off of the the main streets that pedestrians interact with. So that's a good thing, right? Is it? But is it worth it?
0: You know, I, I think of this more holistically. Is that the type of transportation system that you would want to build to satisfy the amount of demand that? The city and the county experience every day from people coming into the airport people driving in from california going to various destinations mostly along the resort corridor and downtown not to mention all the people who work on the resort corridor the capacity numbers the the boring company quotes and set as a benchmark for making sure they were keeping up their end of the agreement they're not the kind of capacity numbers that any traffic engineer would ever use to evaluate the success of any kind of transportation system. So it's a, it's a little weird. It feels- well,
1: how far off are they, Ray? I don't know the exact numbers, but it sounds like their capacity is going to grow and grow as the loop expands. But what would it take to impress folks like you as far as the capacity that would prove that this is really important for our community.
0: Right. I mean the way so I have a traffic engineering background. So the way I think of capacity is how many people can you move past a fixed point. Because when you get into talking about, well, our system can carry this many people an hour. Well, yeah, that doesn't mean a lot. I mean a system can be as big or small or in multiple directions. You really just want to talk about vehicles past a fixed point. And so what I what I understand the operating protocol is, is they move a vehicle past a fixed point every six seconds, that the safety standards that they're trying to be consistent with require that. And if the cars carry a maximum of three people, then the way that maths out is that's 1,800 people an hour past a fixed point. Well, a subway in a tunnel underneath the East River in New York carries something like 25 or 28,000 people an hour, so that's over 10 times as many. So Mm. when I think about what a good transportation solution is for a corridor like you have in Vegas, which has such high demand, I'm not thinking about 1800 people an hour past a fixed point. I'm thinking like an order of magnitude higher. And the the loop just does not fit that bill.
1: I I didn't hear a lot of, and, and look, people complain in Las Vegas about some of the most minor things, but I didn't hear a lot of complaining about the process of the dig for the the loop that does exist right now and they're about to or if they're already starting embarking upon expanding that loop and some claim that it's going to be done before the super bowl is that possible from your perspective and how disruptive will or will it not be
0: i don't think it'll be too disruptive if there's an innovation that the boring company has come up with For better or for worse, it's these very small, boring machines that don't operate with too much disruption over ground. But I would say that the boring company is probably very strong with PR and public agency and local government engagement, and maybe not as strong with actual engineering plans. So they have been able to make a sale to the local authorities and pitch this as, as a solution to a lot of Las Vegas' transportation problems. Whether it's true or not, I guess we'll just find out because it does seem like it's moving forward.
1: And you said whether it's true or not. You've got a feeling, Ray. What, what's your feeling? Uh, I, just,
0: <laughs> I think we've been promised a lot of things when it comes to driverless vehicles, for example. We've been promised a lot of things when it comes to the solutions that tunnels provide. I'm just very skeptical about whether we're actually seeing anything innovative.
1: Is it fair to be using Las Vegas as the showcase or example for other cities? You mentioned Fort Lauderdale, some other places. Uh, I imagine Boring is bringing all their people here to see it. Is, Is it fair that this is the example for other cities?
0: Well, I think it is fair. <laughs> I think I think Las Vegas is a city that prides itself on having something different and new and innovative and something that people haven't seen before. And it being a little bit more of a wild west where you know, the city's willing to try something that other cities aren't ready to try. And it's something that visitors can come see and experience that they can't see and experience anywhere else. That's kind of the Las Vegas ethos in a way.
1: Yeah, come for the cool, pretty lights, stay for the cool, pretty lights, leave with the cool, pretty lights. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Ray, last question. Let's say the full loop does get built. Who are the winners and who are the losers here?
0: Yeah, I I think the winners are, so there's this idea of elite projection. There's a transit consultant named Jarrett Walker who kind of coined that term. And what he means by it is that someone like Mr. Musk hates traffic, doesn't like being in public transit, and feels like being in a car underneath traffic is really the best way to solve his personal traffic dilemmas. And that's the way probably a certain segment of maybe more affluent people feel about traffic. And so so people who want to take a taxi and want to have it be a quicker, less congested trip those people are probably going to be winners, but people who might have really benefited from a more holistic transit solution, which I I feel is a much larger number of people, they're not going to come out winners because it's a choice of investment priorities. And you're kind of foregoing a, a more a more holistic solution by building these smaller tunnels. You can only build so much stuff underground, right? Yeah. And there's already plenty underneath Las Vegas Boulevard as it is. And so it's, there's a limited real estate and you're really foregoing some other choices.
1: Is it all hype then? I mean, the hype to value quotient, where are we?
0: Yeah, the hype to value quotient is very high. I don't think the average person who lives in the Las Vegas Valley, is getting a lot out of that. But we it, it's its a very high-profile project.
1: And whether or not taxpayer money is used, certainly LVCVA funds and resort company funds are being put towards this project, which may potentially have benefited the community in other ways, too, that now are locked up. Hey, Ray, thanks again for coming back to CityCast Las Vegas, and we'll see you on the roads. All right. Thank you. Before you go, a few things you should know. Alone among governors elected or reelected in 2022, Governor Joe Lombardo has pulled Nevada from a climate change alliance a bipartisan effort led by states it aimed to curb greenhouse gases. While laudable, Lombardo said, it conflicts with the state's energy policy. Environmentalists disagree. Also, the NBA Summer League Championship game kicks off tonight at 6 p.m. Catch it on ESPN or at the Thomas & Mack Center. You can get last-minute tickets at UNLVtickets.com, but good luck with that. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Did this episode give you lots to think about? Well, send it to one of your Tesla-obsessed friends and discuss it. Go ahead. I'll wait. Then, make sure to rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care.